There are many benefits to positive psychology. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at start to change. Research has also shown that spending money on experiences boosts happiness more than spending money on material possessions. And spending money on others boosts happiness more than spending money on yourself. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe, and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. Hi there, I'm Dr. Mark Rowe. Welcome to In the Doctor's Chair and this short solo episode. As a practicing medical doctor, I see from my patients every day how improving your well-being can enable you to better embrace stress, build resilience, support your growth and develop a deeper sense of appreciation of who you are in the world. In this short solo episode, I'll share with you insights I've gained from my patients and my research which can deliver personal transformation, enabling you to live true to your best self. Understanding how to embrace positive psychology principles in your life can enable your positive vibe to influence your tribe. If you're a leader who recognizes, particularly since COVID-19, that living with vitality and building a more resilient mind matter now more than ever for you and your team, then this podcast is for you. For further details, visit drmarkrow.com. As a family doctor, I've become really interested in how the principles of positive psychology can support patients to build new habits, improve their well-being, increase resilience and overall live with more vitality. And a question I'm often asked is, well, what is positive psychology? And traditional psychology looked at what was wrong as opposed to what was right. Traditional psychology has really had an emphasis on alleviating suffering as opposed to achieving happiness, on moving the dial from zero to perhaps five out of 10. And of course, that can be really important, but positive psychology looks at things a little bit differently. It looks at how you could move somebody from being maybe five out of 10 in terms of their subjective well-being to perhaps eight out of 10, where they're flourishing thinking, feeling, and being closer to their creative best. And the whole positive psychology movement was founded by Martin Seligman, who initially in his career studied learned helplessness, which was a loss of autonomy associated with depression. And instead, he changed his emphasis to learned optimism. And as he once said, you can't change your experience, but you can change the explanation. And, you know, that idea that you can't change the experience, but you can change the explanation really goes to the heart of positive psychology, that by choosing to change the way you look at things, the things you look at can start to change. And positive psychology really is the scientific study of what makes life worth living, a set of scientific tools and strategies that focus on happiness, on well-being 
and on positive thoughts and emotions. It's an emphasis on what's strong as opposed to what's wrong, a strength-based approach to living as opposed to focusing on weaknesses, building the good as opposed to repairing the bad, on what's life-enhancing as opposed to what's life-depleting. And positive psychology has five key aspects. Firstly, accepting and making peace with the past. Secondly, appreciating the present moment. Thirdly, looking forward with more of a sense of what I call realistic optimism, accepting the reality of where you find yourself right now, but understanding through the power of your efforts that things can get better. Fourthly, it supports gratitude and forgiveness. And fifthly, it moves beyond temporary experiences of pleasure or pain to enable you to cultivate a deeper sense of purpose and meaning. And one of the main criticisms of of positive psychology as an idea is that it's too positive. And of course, it's all about balance. Positive psychology is not about always thinking positive thoughts. That's not possible and it's not desirable either. Negativity has its role in life. Uh, Negative thoughts and negative emotions can be very valuable, but it's about rebalancing things back towards a re-emphasis on positivity. And there are many benefits to positive psychology. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at start to change. When you change your perspective, in other words, when you adopt a more positive mindset, you'll see more opportunities in life. Whereas if you have a more negative mindset, you will see more obstacles. And it's really interesting how a small dose of gratitude or a small dose of optimism can lead to a big change in your outlook. So here are some simple examples of how positive psychology principles can improve your quality of life and lived experience. The first thing I want to mention is the power of the journal, writing things down. This was a tool the philosophers used thousands of years ago to get to know themselves better writing things down on paper, I call it thinking on paper. It helps to teach objective perspective. And there are three great ways that you can use a journal to support you from a positive psychology point of view. Firstly, you can use it as a written gratitude practice. And I'm a great fan of the idea of a written gratitude practice, writing down three things every day you feel grateful for. They may be keystones in your life, in your health, or your relationships, or they may be small incidental things as part of your day. But when you write things down, when you express your gratitude on paper, what you express in your journal, you impress in your heart and in your mind. In other words, you connect with your subconscious mind. And as I say, it's not possible to feel grateful on the one hand and tense hostile or anxious on the other. It's really like an anti-anxiety vaccine. And of course, gratitude is all about wanting what you have as opposed to having what you want. And it really is a tremendous way to build your emotional bank account with a rich reservoir of positivity. And, you know, research has shown that a written gratitude practice just once a week, never mind once a day, once a week for 10 weeks can boost your inner feelings of well-being and happiness and contentment by at least 10%.
Secondly, you can use your journal to reframe, you know, reframe challenging experiences through the lens of what have I learned? How can I grow? How can I choose to see things differently? And thirdly, you can use your journal to write what I call your best possible future self. That's a short paragraph imagining yourself at some time in the future, maybe three or four years from now, when everything you're working towards comes to fruition. So what will your relationships look like in three or four years time? What will your health look like? What will your career look like? What about the places you hope to travel to? What about the experiences you hope to have? So writing that down and then imagining what life will be like when you achieve your goals, when these things come to pass. It's a great way of becoming more forward looking and really bringing into play that that sense of realistic optimism of a brighter, better future. And then you can peel it back and say, well, what do I need to start doing today to start working towards that best possible future self? It's very interesting in terms of positive psychology, in terms of the impact that money has on our happiness, because it turns out it has less overall impact than you may think. And this is because of a principle known as hedonic adaptation, which means that we tend to adapt to our circumstances. And that means that once you know, the the basic bases of life have been covered. In other words, when you have a roof over your head and you have enough to eat and look after your family, once you achieve those basics, then beyond that, having more won't necessarily lead to a significant upsurge in your happiness. With the result, one of the keys is to focus less on having more and focus more on being more, being more present being more at peace, living more in the moment. Research has also shown that spending money on experiences boosts happiness more than spending money on material possessions. And spending money on others boosts happiness more than spending money on yourself. It's also interesting just how contagious positive emotion is. And research has shown that your happiness can spread outwards to three degrees of separation, impacting not just your friends, but their friends and their friends too. In other words, your emotional vibe can impact your tribe and the happiness of your associations can also affect your well-being. Some research has suggested that each happy friend you have will increase your own happiness by 9%, whereas each unhappy friend you have may decrease your happiness by 7%. It's well recognized that kindness to others can boost your well-being. And of course, it's also important to be kind to yourself in terms of self-compassion, understanding that you are not perfect, understanding that you're a thinking, breathing, feeling human being. Volunteering to causes that you value can significantly boost your life satisfaction and your well-being. Optimism can boost resilience, happiness, subjective well-being. And learning to see the world through the lens of realistic optimism can be a really important skill to enable you to grow from adversity and grow from challenging times. Flow states in positive psychology, whereby you have a state of engagement and effortless concentration. You're completely absorbed in something you enjoy and excel at. It's a very important component of well-being and flow states can lead to peak performance and peak experience, boosting happiness, well-being and overall quality of life. Of course, 
connecting with your inner sense of purpose and meaning is an important part of positive psychology, as is connecting with your strengths. There are six virtues common to all cultures and religions and civilizations, and these include courage, justice, humanity, wisdom, temperance and transcendence. And these six virtues break out into 24 strengths. And we all have these 24 strengths to a greater or lesser extent, but we have four or five or perhaps six of these are known as signature strengths. In other words, they feel part of who we really are and using them is more effortless and enhances your sense of well-being. And certainly when you become more aware of and acknowledge your own key strengths and use more of your strengths in day-to-day life, that can boost your sense of self and lower feelings of depression. For me as a medical doctor, using positive psychology principles, it can be really helpful to you know, connect with someone's why in terms of building new habits or breaking old habits and using a journal to track your progress, understanding that what gets measured gets improved and appreciating that how you feel and how you think has a big impact on how you act and how you behave. In terms of organizations, positive psychology principles can produce a ripple effect uh, throughout an organization in terms of the positive impact of gratitude practices, kindness rituals, volunteering, connecting with the core values and purpose of an organization. And perhaps more than anything else, using positive psychology principles can enable you to become more successful. No matter how you define success, whether it's by your, your creativity, your relationships, your energy, or indeed your health. I mean, a very interesting study known as the Nun Study was done a number of years ago, whereby novitiates entering the Notre Dame nunnery, they all wrote an essay on their way into the nunnery. And, you know, some young novitiates wrote positively phrased essays talking about gratitude, talking about hope, talking about love and inspiration whereas other essays were more negatively framed, talking about fear, repression, guilt. And many years later, psychologists did an analysis of these essays. And every positive comment and every positive emotion was scored plus one. Every negative comment, every negative emotion was scored minus one. Neutral comments were scored zero. And all of these scores were added up. And then independently, they looked at how long these nuns lived. And it turned out that those nuns that wrote the most positively worded essays when they entered the nunnery all those years ago, they lived at least 10 years longer than the more negatively worded essays. So having a positive mindset and bringing more of the principles of positive psychology into your life, it can be good for your physical health as well. So in summary, positive psychology can not only improve your subjective well-being and feelings of happiness. It can enable you to better embrace stress, building your resilience. It can support growth, enabling you to see things differently, grow from your experiences, have a deeper sense of appreciation of who you are in the world. And 
It can boost your relationships and it can overall allow you to live with more vitality. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.